Good afternoon. How are you? Welcome to episode 31 of the DBPT podcast. Sounds very odd in here. Um, the room that I'm in, uh, I'm sitting in a different position because we were um, decorating and the room switched around a little bit. So it sounds a bit echoey. I'm just going to open a window just in case that helps. Um, I'll open the door as well a little bit. There, hopefully that's better. It doesn't sound quite so echoey now. Um, how are you guys? Hope you're well. Um, as always, thank you for taking the time to tune in to the episode. Um, I always appreciate it. Um, and if you have any questions, any topics you want me to cover, then you know, just fire me an email, fire me a question on Instagram, and um, I'll be happy to add it into the podcast in the next coming weeks. Um, today, we've got a couple of topics. Uh, one is to of the principles that you need to consider um, when it comes to training in order to get the best out of your training. Um, So we'll go into that a little bit. Um, And the second one is fat, fast fat loss versus slow fat loss. Um, um, I did do a blog post on this. So if you would rather read about it, you can go and check the blog post out at edinburgh-pt.com slash blog um and it's the the last blog post that's up there or the latest blog blog post that's up there um but i'll talk through that here um if you prefer to hear it from my face rather than read it from your screen so let's look at the two principles that should be driving a lot of your uh, decisions and that will ultimately drive the progress that you make in the gym, okay? Um, The first is this principle of SAID, S-A-I-D, the specific adaptation to impose demands. It's how your body responds to the stimulus you give it, okay? So um, if your goal is to build strength, then you need to apply a stressor that causes your body to become stronger. And if you you follow any of, uh, well, any training stuff at all, you know that heavier loads for fewer reps over however many sets is what is going to drive strength adaptations, okay? Um, You... Uh, recruit more muscle units, you improve neural drive, you improve technique, you work on all these things to put together a package that allows you to move more weight more easily, okay? Um, If your goal is building muscle, we know that volume is the big driver of muscular adaptation so you're looking at around 10 sets per muscle group per week um ideally split up over the week so you're getting the most out of those sets um if you were to try to do all 10 sets of uh chest work in one day the last set is never going to be as heavy as your first sets even over different exercises but if you take those three or four exercises and spread them over the week then you'll be able to use more load or more of the sets, if that makes sense. Um, So that is the first principle you have to keep in mind. What is the goal that you're working towards? And you'll notice that I didn't say training for fat loss. 
because there is no such thing as training for fat loss. Fat loss is diet driven, okay? Part of the process of fat loss is to maintain as much muscle mass as you can. Now you can do that one of two ways. You can either work through a strength-based program, get as strong as you can, or you can work through a hypertrophy-based program, try and add as much muscle mass as you can. The more muscle mass you can retain or gain through a fat loss period, bearing in mind that you're going to be in a calorie deficit, so you're not going to gain a massive amount of muscle, but you're not going to lose it either. Um, the better your fat loss results are going to be because more of the weight that you lose will come from fat stores and not from the lean tissue that you want to keep, uh, both for aesthetic purposes and for health and performance purposes. So, you know, you need to consider, are you training for strength? Are you training for uh, muscle gain? The principle that falls off the back of that is the principle of progressive overload okay now progressive overload is basically applying more stress as you work through a program so you don't start a program doing i don't know three sets of 10 dumbbell presses with 20 kilos with the intention of still doing three sets of 10 with 20 kilos at the end of the program, be that six weeks, eight weeks, 12 weeks, whatever. Your goal is to lift more weight towards the end. Okay, you're, you're, you're trying to increase the stress that you put on your body as long as you can recover from it in order to keep those adaptations coming. If you only ever lift the same amount of weight on the same exercise for week, week in, week out, you're never going to get stronger because your body adapts up and to the level that you need. So what you're trying to do with progressive overload is overreach that point um, fairly regularly in order for your body to have to adapt up for the next potential time that happens. If you only do it once, that's not you're not really going to get an effect. You don't get stronger from one session. You get stronger over a period of time consistently pushing your limits gently. Like you're not trying to kill yourself. The, the phrase stimulate, not annihilate is the one that comes to mind. I forget who said it. Um, it might have been Dexter Jackson, bodybuilder. Don't know. I'm probably making that up, actually. I'll need to look it up. Um, but the point is that you're trying to apply stresses in a structured way that are progressively harder over time. So come week 12 of a 12-week program, what you were previously struggling with load-wise becomes more of an intermediate set. It's no longer hard for you. You know, you can handle more weight. So that 20 kilos for 10 on your dumbbell press for three sets might become 22 for eight in week two. Then it'll become 22 for 10 in week three. Then you solidify week four, week five, you push the weight up to 24s. And you follow that procedure. And depending on where you are in your in your training uh, age, where your training experience, the gains will come faster or slower depending on where you are. So if you're fairly new to training, it's not unusual to see someone zip through the first 10 kilos of load increments fairly quickly. But someone who is already fairly 
competent with a lot of lifts and already pushing their limits, they're maybe only going to go up two or four kilos over that period. Um, it depends on how much adaptation you've, you've... This isn't a strictly true representation, but if you think of it like you have a certain amount of potential to use, if you've been training solidly for eight, eight, 10 years, something like that, you've used up 80% of your potential, that last 20% is going to take its sweet time in getting there, okay? If you've only got a year of training under your belt, you've got maybe 90% of your potential still to go. You've got a lot of room for improvement. Therefore, you're going to see more gains more quickly, if that makes sense. Hopefully, I've explained that well. But the point I'm trying to make is if you want to see progress with your training in the gym or out of the gym it works well for body weight as well as for loaded stuff you have to consider the adaptation that you want you're either training for strength or you're training for muscle mass um and incidentally this works for um cardio training as well what is the outcome you want do you want to be able to run further or do you want to be able to cover a shorter distance faster and you have to structure your training accordingly but um, because I'm a knucklehead, let's stick with uh, strength or uh, muscle mass for now. Um, consider which of those goals you really want. It is possible to do both to a degree, but at some point there has to be a trade-off. The most muscular guys are not necessarily the strongest, and the strongest guys are not necessarily the most muscular. Okay, but you, you, up to a certain point where most of us will struggle to even reach, you can do both. You can get very, very strong and add muscle mass. Anyway, I digress. Um, decide where you are in there and then use the principle of progressive overload to continually challenge yourself to get the best out of your program and keep making progress, okay? Um, if you find after six weeks of a program you're using the same weights as you were before, you're just not pushing hard enough. You need to put the weights up. And one of the, a couple of tips to help you know when to push the weights up, um, I use one of two options uh, with, with clients. Um, the first is the rule of four, okay? So you're doing sets of 10 on your dumbbell press. If you get to the point at the end of the set, you feel like you could easily do four more reps, you have to put the weight up next time. If you're doing sets of, say, six five or six four five six and you feel like you can do two more reps you've probably got room to push the weight up a little bit okay the, the weight increases are going to be a bit slower with the strength stuff but you know that gives you some kind of of guidance as to how how you can push the weight up the other one is and i, I use this quite often with online clients who've been using the same weight for a long time on the same exercise i'll give them a challenge set and that will be, right, you've been hitting sets of 12 with your dumbbell press for the last four weeks. I think you should put the weight up. No, no, I don't think I can. I feel comfortable with this. I, I really don't think that I could push the weight up. Okay. On your next session with this exercise, on your last set, I want you to take it for as many reps as you can. All right. Um, go to technical failure rather than muscular failure so when technique breaks down that's a set done but see how many reps you can do and it's not uncommon for them to come back and haven't hit 20 reps on that one that's a fairly clear sign that they can do 
more than four more reps than what I'm asking for. Therefore, the weight has to go up next time. Um, and it might mean that you have to drop the total number of reps that you do when you first put the weight up, but they'll build up pretty quickly back to the sets of 10, and then you retest and see if you're ready to put the weight up again. Okay, so don't be afraid to push the weights up and make sure and make use of the progressive overload principle um, as long as you can recover from it. Okay, and you don't have to push them up every session, just you're trying to use it strategically so that you can kind of test your limits, recover, test your limits, recover, and that's how you make progress. So there is that. Hopefully, that was not too rambly. Um, so second topic for today is looking at the difference between fast and slow fat loss. Um, like I said, I put a blog post up on this, excuse me a second. I have a cup of coffee before we record this. Um, uh, where was it? Yeah. So um, I have written a blog post on this. If you want to go to edinburgh-pt.com slash blog, it'll be the, the latest post up there. Um, there are pros and cons to both fast and slow fat loss. Okay. And if we start at the start, the definitions that you need to think about in terms of fast fat loss and slow fat loss. Fast progress is losing between one and one and a half percent of your body weight per week. That doesn't sound like a whole lot. If you're 80 kilos, you're going to be losing between 0.8 and 1.2 kilos of weight in a week. And when you lose that, it will be 0.7 to 1.1, whatever the numbers are. But it's about one to one and a half percent of your body weight. Okay. Anything over two tends to be unsustainable, like really unsustainable. Again, it doesn't sound like that big of a deal. You're losing like one and a half kilos in a week, but that's three pounds in a week. And even as you lose weight and the numbers drop, your calories are going to have to be pretty low for that to be done. And that generally is really unsustainable. The only time that that can work reasonably well for some people is if you have a substantial amount of weight to lose like if you've got 40 kilos to lose then two percent is probably not unrealistic but for most of us you know if you're uh you, you've got maybe two or three stone that you want to 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 take off or you want to drop five kilos or whatever it is one to one and a half percent body weight per week is is fast Slow is less than 0.5% of body weight per week, okay? Um, really anything slower than that, you're you're kind of grinding to a halt. There's not much, not a lot of much of anything happening. Um, so if we look at um, the difference between weight loss and fat loss, again, and this does play into this, so bear with me. Weight loss is weight loss from any source, okay? So we're talking about fat stores, definitely. We're talking about muscle loss, probably. We're talking about glycogen depletion, which counts as lean mass lost because that's stored within the lean tissue. Um, you're talking about water weight. You're talking um, less food volume generally. So when you weigh yourself, you've got less food volume 
still within your system. Um, although that accounts for a fairly small amount, but it still all counts, right? That's weight loss. Fat loss is literally the loss of fat. I don't really know how to break that down any further, but you're losing weight from fat stores. Okay, you're maintaining the lean mass, you're maintaining the glycogen, you're maintaining most of the food volume. And it's never one or the other. There's always a spectrum. But you want to be up closer to the fat loss spec end of the spectrum than the weight from any source end of the spectrum. Okay. Um, but the reason that I go into that is if we look at fast fat loss first, let's take the pros of fat fast fat loss. I'm going to stumble over that every single time I see it. But fast fat loss, the pros. By definition, it's fast. It happens quickly. Okay, the period that you're dieting is shorter. That's got to be a plus, right? The, there are a lot of people who can handle a reasonably aggressive calorie cut over a short period of time, knowing that it's going to be done and dusted within six weeks, eight weeks, whatever it is, then, then could handle a 12 to 20 week progress process with a slower duration of fat loss, okay? Um, that can be a massive benefit. And the fact that it happens fast and you get results quickly is massive for motivation and building momentum, Okay, so you see the result come pretty quickly. It spurs you to keep going through the difficult periods and you stick on the plan until it's done. Okay, but the trade-offs for fast fat loss, and this is not a knock on fast fat loss. There are periods, and I'll go into what one of the options is at the end once we cover all these. It's not a knock on fast fat loss. There has There is a definitely a place for it sometimes for some people it's just most people try to do these things too aggressively and then can't sustain it but the the downside to fast fat loss is one because of the the, the, the decrease in calorie intake you are more inclined to lose more lean mass and therefore lose less fat mass as a proportion of the total weight loss. So, you know, you, you'll lose some muscle mass, you'll lose some glycogen, you'll lose less fat mass um, as a percentage. Therefore, it's not as, it's good for weight loss, not as good for fat loss. The other side, or another effect of a big reduction in calorie intake is a reduction in your metabolic rate on a short-term basis. You know, it's, this is not um, damaging your metabolism. It's not breaking it. It's just it adapts lower than it needs, almost as a as a response to the low calories. Um, uh, there's a lot of research that shows that it bounces back fairly well. Um, although, if you have lost a substantial amount of weight your maintenance calories will always be lower than someone who's never had to lose a large amount of weight but weighs the same as you do now. But that's an entirely other topic, very nuanced, very, uh, there's a lot in that. Um, 
the other potential for a big calorie cut is when you go back to maintenance and particularly as carbs start to come back up, there's a bigger potential for bounce back weight that you go and add weight back on because you've gone back to from a, a very aggressive cut to something much more moderate. That increase in calories may result in you putting some of the weight back on quite, quite quickly. Um, and the big downside for me here is uh, you're more hungry more of the time. And that is always going to make it harder. Um, you know, it's uh, there's not many people who, uh, who deal with hunger really well. So if you're slashing calories way below your um, your your current maintenance, you're, you're going to be very hungry a lot of the time, um, and that might affect your ability to stick to the plan. Um, you also have a big drop off in performance because you have less energy um, available for training um, and for sort of day to day activities. You know that's definitely going to take a hit. Um, so let's flip over to slower fat loss. So remember, this is less than about 0.5, less than or equal to about 0.5% body weight per week. So that 80 kilogram individual will lose around about 0.4 of a kilo um, each week. Obviously dropping slightly as numbers drop, but let's not get picky about that. Um, so the pros of this, it's a less aggressive cut. You're going to be less hungry it's going to be easier to maintain, okay? It would be like cutting, you know, uh, I think numbers here. Um, if you're doing it purely from carbs, you could cut a bagel out. There's a 250-calorie cut. You can take that off of a 2,000-calorie uh, maintenance, and, you know, it's still on the high side, but you, you, you've, you've just one snack out of your day. Um, obviously, you're going to have to think about individual numbers, but you know, it's not a massive cut. So you've got less hunger to deal with. Your drop in performance is smaller. You still have most of the energy that you, you would normally have. There is going to be a slight drop in performance, but it's not going to be massive. You're also going to maintain more of your lean mass, therefore more weight is lost as fat, which is a win. You not only maintain a lot of the muscle mass to help you keep healthy and strong, but you have more of a quote-unquote toned shape at the end of the process. Um, so, you know, fairly solid pros on the slow and steady approach. But as with the fast fat loss, slow fat loss has its negatives. Um, as we kind of mentioned in the, the, the pros of the fast rate of fat loss, this slower process, slower approach takes longer. It's by definition a longer duration issue. So you're going to see less obvious results week on week, which may affect motivation and momentum and make it harder for you to stick to. So on one side, you know, fast might make it hard to stick to because you're so damn hungry all the time, but at least you have the motivation seeing the results. The slower side, you have a less obvious results week on week it's only after maybe a four week period that you really notice the result which is why taking measurements and photographs is important in during your fat loss process um so there's a less of a motivating drive to keep going 
Okay, it's almost like, well, it's clearly not working. Why am I even bothering? Um, but you have to look at it on a longer longer time speed, time period in order to really assess whether it's working or not. Um, so how do we integrate fast and slow fat loss into your life? One way of combining both is starting your fat loss journey at a period of time where outside stresses are minimal and you may go for a fast approach. So you go for quite an aggressive calorie cut for the first four weeks, first three weeks. You see some very quick results. It motivates you to keep going, but then you may do a slight calorie increase to make it a more moderate, more slow approach so you can better handle all the week-on-week stresses that you have going on in your life. So, you know, we're going through a fairly stressful period at the moment. This would not be a time for aggressive fat loss. It would be a time for slow and steady. But when things start to ease and things get a little bit better and more manageable, that's when you go, right, okay, I've got the bandwidth, I guess, available to really push on this, so I'm going to increase my calorie deficit over the next couple of weeks and just push things on a little bit faster. Then after a couple of weeks, you just ease back a little bit, assess where you are, and you work through that that kind of way. Or you might just be somebody who, like, you know what, this is a long game that I'm playing. I'm in no rush. I've got nothing pressing that I want to, you know, have lost some body fat for. I'm going to take this a little bit more easily. You go for a much more moderate calorie cut. So you maybe go for 12 times body weight in pounds to get your your approximate calories rather than 10 times. Um, So you get roughly 20% more calories than you would on an aggressive cut. Um, And and you go with a more steady, more long time frame approach to your fat loss. Um, it also makes it a little bit easier when you come out of a, a, a smaller cut to find your new maintenance and not have a big bounce back. So that's one way that or a couple of ways that you can integrate fast and slow fat loss protocols into your uh, lifestyle and see great results. Um, and obviously it comes down to individual preference. Um, so you can have to make a decision as to what is more important, getting fast results but being hungrier more of the time, or if you feel that a slower approach might be more maintainable um, and more manageable with your kind of lifestyle and stresses and whatnot. So hopefully some food for thought, no pun intended. Um, Like I say, if you want to read more on this, you can check out the blog post, Um, but hopefully it's given you a few things to think about and uh, a couple of sort of practical takeaways that you can you can integrate if you so wish and that's me done for today have a great day have a great week great weekend when it comes i'll be back next tuesday with the next episode and i am trying to line up a couple of guests for the coming weeks so keep your eyes peeled for those take it easy bye